It's the month of March, and this month, Streaming Things is brought to you by Chester Copperpot, Trey Barrera, Conrad, Luke and Sarah, Dave Malfara, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Thomas Alexander, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, Stanton Valentino, Aaron Layton, Crystal Trujillo, John Collins Goes, Andrew Gray, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalisha Reeves, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Casey McCain, and Enza. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Today, we're going to be delving deep into the minds of our patron requested films, starting with a documentary mm. on HBO Max called Class Action Park from 2020, which came out in the, the midst of the, the pandemic. That is. Uh, yeah, that's right. Everybody was watching this at home in, in pure hell and fear. Everyone was like, you know what sounds better than being locked in my home during the middle of a pandemic? Going to a park that might kill me. Mm -hmm. It actually does comparatively, relatively. And we'll dive into it. But parts of this were probably fun. I know it might be a hot take. Sure. Yeah. Um, But if you didn't know, patrons of a certain tier of this show are allowed to mandate uh, demand certain films that we we cover and deep dive. And uh, we've got a big, long queue of those because we've been a little remiss. I think it, it'd be fair to say. Absolutely. Um, and we promised weeks ago that at the end of The Last of Us, we would start to delve into these films and try to finish them in the next couple of months, maybe doing as many as two a week uh, until we until we catch up. And that is our mm-hmm. that is our promise. And so far, one to one, we're doing one to, good. One to one. We've got it so far. And this one, Chris, <laughs> was brought to you by uh, our patron Kiki Newton, who has uh, been a longtime fan of the show. Yes. She's one of the original uh, patrons we had. And actually, I, I had the pleasure of interviewing her for a patron exclusive episode, you know, last summer when you had your baby. Uh, I interviewed five or six patrons on uh, for for that month. And she was one of them. And she's just such a lovely person. I was so happy I got to talk to her. I miss her. I miss her every day. And a good, uh, great taste in, in docs. Yeah, she loves documentaries. That's one of the biggest things. Like when I talked to her over the summer, she she was just really adamant about her love for documentaries and how much she enjoyed watching them. And so it only made sense that when she gave us her chosen film as part of her Patreon uh, reward, uh, it would be a documentary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so for our style, we had kind of waffled on this. Like, what do we do? We're not going to do a scene by scene. That doesn't make any sense, you know? talk about hey well this talking head came out and uh the key light was just wonderfully accentuating that man's pate uh (laughs) (laughs) so we're just gonna talk about the movie in general our experience with it some cool tidbits that we uh gleaned from it and and go from there uh but always we'll talk about our overall thoughts about something like that you know our experience with it did you watch this movie back in 2020 i actually did i remember it coming out um so years ago so I'm not from New Jersey. So growing up, I I didn't He's know what not. Action Park was. We have Kings Island, like a legit, really good theme park. Mm-hmm. Uh, only a couple people die. Uh, but um, so I never heard of Action Park and someone. But I did see that iconic photo of the Cannonball Loop, which is the water slide that has the actual like loop in the middle of it. loop. Yeah. And I remember seeing that years ago and thinking like, ah, oh, that can't be a real thing. That's somebody, some, some hillbilly in the middle of, the, of Appalachia built that in their backyard. And 
killed some family members when they came over. Uh, <laughs> so when I saw the trailer, I can't remember where I saw the trailer for this documentary. Maybe it was on YouTube. Maybe it was on HBO Max. I can't remember. But I saw the trailer and then that image popped up and I immediately was like, wait a minute, that was a real park. That was an actual <laughs> park that made money that attracted tourists that attracted families and people went through that i have to watch this documentary um and of course it's like a pretty funny documentary as well but did, did you watch it when it originally came out i did i, I don't remember why because i i, I want to delve into this for a second too um but let me answer your question first yes i loved it uh it, my wife and i watched it together it was fascinating because i'm a fan of i think a fan uh, I at least know who Chris Gethard is yeah. um, as a comedian. And I was familiar with some of his work. And so I was kind of intrigued about that. Um, but documentaries as a whole, it's a, like I've I've seen far fewer documentaries than than fiction films. Like as far as like even if you look at my top 100 documentaries of all time list on Letterboxd, if you go through that, you can there's a feature on Letterboxd where you can uh, make it opaque everyone you've actually seen barely any go away when I use that feature on my, on documentaries. <laughs> uh, and so it's like this thing with me, like I, I love nonfiction books, so I don't know why, but whenever somebody's like, did you got to watch this film? It's Oscar nominated. It's changed my life. I'm like, great, great, great. They're like, yeah, it's the documentary. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And part of my brain's just like, Nope. Uh, and I don't know why I don't want to learn. Yeah. It's like, and I, I want to feel things, not learn them. Like my favorite, also of my favorite authors are nonfiction writers like Bill Bryson. Like I, I devour that shit and in book form. Um, and I've loved so many documentaries that I've actually forced myself to watch, but like, like minding the gap. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's a, mm -hmm. a really well-known documentary that everybody always recommends. Uh, I could list them off. The only ones I always watch are like filmmaking documentaries. I watch the shit out of those. Same. Um, but yeah, so I don't know why I watched it, but I did. It was, it was very fun, very fun times. So, um, and it, it's funny how much of this movie centers on discussions about a difference in culture. Um, uh, because like the tone is kind of weird for this documentary. It is, uh, because on the one hand, it's very serious. Like many children, not many, but maybe five or six children died and in, in, in a couple adults, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they were wanton endangerment of children. And at the heart of this, the guy who owned this, Eugene, um, what's his name? Malva Hill or something. Um, he was a, a, a rampant capitalist, right? Like a friend of Donald Trump's, yeah. uh, like 80s coke snorting Wall Street kind of guy. Greed uh, is good. Maybe even uh, had mafia ties, right? Yeah. That's implied. Probably paid off some of like the the town council to kind of look the other way for some of their, you know, misdeeds. Yes. And so it's like, but it's not, I wouldn't say this documentary is not specifically like an expose mm -hmm. about that guy and the terrible nature of this park. A lot of it kind of glorifies, oh, back when we didn't have cell phones and kids actually went out and lived their fucking life and did mm -hmm. cool shit, like mutilate themselves on a slide. And, um, but yeah, I, this is one of the, this is a weird documentary in, in the fact that it, it is very funny. They do, you know, they do kind of point a light at this guy and they're like, he's doing a bad thing, but it was also kind of awesome. And, <laughs> right. And, and there's not a, it's, it's almost a documentary almost made entirely of like anecdotes and like anecdotal stories and secondhand stories. And yes, there's not a lot of hard facts other than like, Hey, here's a newspaper clipping that said this person died. And here's like towards the end, it kind of gets a little bit more, you know, hard facts, but everything else is basically like, oh man, I, I feel like people were doing this and it's kind of strange in that way, but mm -hmm. you, but you, you sense the vibe of what this park was and what it meant to people. And it meant a lot to the people that live, grew up living around it. I think the, 
the reason you get that sense is that the people that they're interviewing are also conflicted. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, typically I, again, I'm not a, a, a documentarian or somebody who pretends to be an expert on documentary, but I've read a lot of work from people that are. And the main thing is like the, the point of a documentary is not to a point an objective look like the news is supposed to do at, at an issue. It's supposed to, you're supposed to take a stand with your documentary right. um, and come out with a thesis and then you know, make that clear in your film and I don't think this movie does that, but I think it's kind of on purpose in and of itself, too, because a lot of people they interview do think like they had a lot of good times there and it was mm-hmm. awesome. And then there was a point in the movie where I was kind of like jealous. I had never been there and I was reminiscing on my childhood a lot. I'm kind of a 90s kid, but I did kind of grow up in that no cell phones era myself. And yeah, um, I was kind of nostalgic for that and thinking like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got to that scene Toward like the, the like what I would call the third act where they interview the family of the first death, you know, in an extensive way. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm crying and shit, like talking to his brother about how he was supposed to be the best man at his wedding. But uh, and he died like, what was it? Days the, before the, the wedding, like two days before the, what would yeah. have been the wedding and they still had the wedding. It looked like. I had, so I had my other brother be the best man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I guess you booked all that stuff. I get it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like tonally, I was just like, why am I crying now? I was just like laughing. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's all over the place in a way. I, I think overall the tone works because it is fun. I think it kind of works to the the way the film film portrays itself is how I think everyone thinks of that park. They did have a good time. They are nostalgic for it. But in hindsight, it's kind of a nightmare and it's people kind of grappling with that. But at the same time, being glad they went through it, like it's almost like this fun trauma bond that a whole area tri-state area experience you yeah, know it's like a jersey thing there's a quote from a uh, a lady there I, I meant to write it down but i wasn't taking extensive notes but it was so funny to me you probably recall it but she's like you know part, part of me is horrified but at the same time i'm so glad like i rode all those rides you know and, and part of me thought if I can't do it, get the fuck out of New Jersey. And I yeah. like, and then it I cuts. Think, and I, I think I that laughed. was Alison Becker that said that. <laughs> um, but it's a hundred percent true. And, and I think the movie totally does work with how people view it. I will say the, the, the editing on the, on this video is off. There's some really strange cuts and edits and, you know, I was watching it with my girlfriend and she all, like, even though she doesn't do editing, she also was like, that's an odd Whoa, I feel I I'm, I'm pulled out of it. I don't it, think they had much footage. Um, no, they didn't. You can tell they're they're really stretching. They had like the original VHS copies of like the, the commercials and stuff they yeah. ran because they are really stretching that footage out as much as they can. They use the same shot of um, I forget what the ride is called, but it's like three people to a tube um, and they're they. Oh, yeah. And they come down on this girls in the forefront and they push through a trapped tube and laugh. And like they use that shot like like five <laughs> or six times. And, and it was a good one. Um, but they did have like each ride that they talked about some footage of it. So you can get an idea of what they're talking about. And they did some good graphic stuff with like a, a map of the park. What was your what was your favorite ride? Um. Like favorite how, like favorite, like, like the craziest story or, oh dude, it's still the cannonball loop one. I think that's the one that like the whole idea that you could actually go upside down. Yeah. And just the story behind it. Like, not only is it just such an iconic image of a water, like a tubed water slide that does a loop, like a roller coaster. Not only is that like such an iconic image, but the way they, they spend a lot of time on it and the story of it and how like, there's this myth of, um, uh, Mulville, is that Mulville Hill? Is that yeah, how you pronounce Mulva his name? Mulville Hill. Mm-hmm. Mulva Hill, how he would just like, 
originally they were throwing test dummies down it and the dummies would Once. come they would come out like in pieces and then he was like giving hundred dollar bills to kids like yeah, so they, workers who were brave enough to test it and then they were coming out bloodied and bruised and missing teeth and then they would fix it a little bit more and then more kids would go through it and now they're coming up cut up oh because they're being cut on the teeth that were lodged in the side of it one of the wildest stories (laughs) but and and but you just look at it and it's just like how did anyone think this was going to be possible and they literally have to like if you were to do that they hose you down first they give you a pre-rinse you know a little little pre-rinse so you're already slippery before you get in and then it's just pitch black. And imagine going into a pitch black tube and then suddenly like whoop, flying up the air, getting water shoved up your nose and everything like it's bananas. And then they would have a you have to be a, you can't be too heavy and you can't be too light because if you're too light, you're not going to like what was it? You, you're going to the heavy ones would get stuck and the light ones would be going too fast, I think. Yeah, they would get um, hurt or something. Well, yeah, everybody was getting a little hurt. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? I want to ask you this too. Are you an amusement park guy? You like roller coasters? Yeah, I like roller coasters. I don't seek out roller coasters, but like if I'm at an amusement park, you're damn if sure you stumble I'm upon do it. one. Yeah, if I'm like walking around on the street, I'm like, whoa, what's <laughs> what's going on here? Is this this? How did I get into Kings Island? Weird, weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the the Banshee. I am not a roller coaster person. Oh, do they scare you? I apparently. I didn't know this. Apparently. Well, I was I was very poor as a kid. So I went on one field trip to Kings Island, um, had a decent time. I had a terrible time. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I made that up. I rode. The, you can't even lie for a second. I rode the Diamondback or something. And I like kept, well, the Diamondback sucks. I kept my head down in one of the loops. And so I had a crick in my neck the rest. And that was like the first ride we rode. Nobody taught me how to you know, like, hey, keep your head against the rest as much as you can. Yeah. I did, like, hey, little chubby kid, what are you doing? And then like I had all kinds of stuff going on accidents. And then I went to a fair with my friends and I threw up, uh, you, do you know that ride in stranger things? The spinny one where you kind of put where your everybody's back against, against the wall. And yes. The centrifugal force keeps you like against the wall as it spins. Yes. So I violently threw up in that ride, which if you know, the nature Is it going everywhere. <laughs> yes. All over me and everyone else. Oh no. And I was with my friend's dad and he like took me home and like, so I've never oh, been, no. I've never been like a cool guy for that. But I went as an adult, as an adult with Jimmy from the show. Uh, and Who the my, fuck is Jimmy? Exactly. And my wife and his girlfriend. And um, they're all like really gung ho roller coaster people, including my wife. I didn't know this about her. And I rode like a first couple. I forced myself through it, but I was having like, you know, I have these pretty severe panic attacks on a fairly regular, alarmingly regular basis. But I was not having a good time. Oh, no. Uh, I was like forcing myself, like terrified. <laughs> oh, buddy. I think I have an issue with control. Like the fact that everybody's because my friend kept telling me at one point, Jimmy looked over and he's like, I don't even know what you're so scared of. You can do nothing like you're strapped in. It's either going to work out or it's not. Have a good time. <laughs> and I'm like, that is the source of my fear, you know, like. What if it doesn't work out? I don't even like riding in the passenger seat of someone else's car. I prefer to drive because it's like if we crash, I can control whether or not we crash. Whereas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It's just a weird thing that I do. So that was a miserable day. And so I was getting kind of like jealous of these kids uh, watching this movie. But part of me is like, I know myself well enough to know that this is my eighth circle of hell. (laughs) Because like... (laughs) You would not have fun there. No actual water parks that exist today that are like regulated 
still kind of hurt and shit. Like when you're going down yeah. slides, they scrape What's, your butt a little bit. So we, we live close to a water park called the Beach Water Park. I think they closed that down. Oh, did they? During the pandemic. Probably for the best. But I remember there was a there was a slide that went almost vertically down. Like it was mm-hmm. nowhere near as tall as what you see in Action Park because it looked like Action Park also had something like that. But it had that where you were kind of you would leave the, the slide for a little bit while you're falling down and you would hit it crashing down. Yeah. Kings Island has those. In and it's like, park. no, fuck that. Why would I want to do that? I did that once. <laughs> it was fun. But like the floor falls away beneath you. You get in this tube and they say they, they go burn, burn, burn. You know, and then the floor opens and, and you're you just, gone. Yeah. It's scary as shit watching other people do it as you're waiting. Uh, but it was awesome. But like some of those slides, yeah, they've got little where the, the pieces of the tube connect. There's a seal that isn't perfect and you're, it scrapes your back and stuff as you're going down. And yeah. I'm, I'm a pussy. So I'm like, after doing that stuff all day, I'm like, eh, this kind of sucks. I'd rather be watching a movie, you know? Right. Like, right. I'm just, I'm just that guy <laughs> except for when. So like I was a really sheltered, quiet kid. All I did was read books and play with Ninja Turtles until it was way too late in life to be playing with Ninja Turtles. And then from like 14 yesterday, yeah, (laughs) from like 14 (laughs) to 23, I was an absolute insane person because I was so drunk and high and I was so angry at myself for being so sheltered and quiet throughout my childhood that I, I jumped off like giant cliffs and stuff all the time. I was always doing bonker shit for attention to be the craziest guy out there mm-hmm. just like to be the opposite of who i really was in kind of a, a, a rebellious way but and then back to it as an, a sober adult i go back to king's island and i'm like i think i like roller coasters i do not you know <laughs> <laughs> that's why that was a surprise to me as an adult because i'd spent so many years partying and just doing crazy shit i was like actually none of this is me at all i'm very nervous right now i don't like this at all yeah I have a I have a scary roller coaster ride story actually from Kings Island. Which one were you on? The Beast. Mm. The largest wooden roller coaster in the world, Steve. That that the very same. <laughs> the very same. I love the fact that it's wooden in the name. That makes you feel good. Yeah. And Built then they're by like Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> and then they're like, "Hey, let's make another one that has a loop in it." But that's not the scariest part of it. The scariest part is that one will crush your nuts. Son, Son of, of Beast. Beast. Yeah. That that ride was a disaster, but um, I've never ridden either of those because they so terrify Son of, me. Sonobi sucks. That's what I heard. They, That's they, why they destroyed they it. They tore it down. Yeah, yeah but, and it did not last. It was only around like what, like twelve years or something. Mm-hmm. No, not long. It would just destroy dicks everywhere. Their new one is awesome. Banshee? No, uh, that's, I love Banshee. That, that's the replacement of Outer Limits, right? It's just the same one. Oh, I, I don't know. I think uh, no, it's a new. It's really smooth. It's Orion. Oh, I haven't been on. I haven't been to Kings Island since before the pandemic. So that is huge. It's like a huge drop and then a giant hill. Uh, but it's so smooth. Ooh. Like it's not, you know, a lot of them are like, yeah, I think I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just not. Oh, so you've ridden the vortex. <laughs> but anyway, what happened on the beast? Well, uh, so this is when I was 16. It was me and my buddy Josh. We're hop- we hopped on the beast and we're getting ready to go. And you know how like they have the, the safety thing that just kind of sits it clamps over your waist that's it it's not like the the harness that goes over your shoulders this is the one that just kind of goes over your waist to keep you in yeah so i clamp that in and then they have another teenager walk down the line and make sure everyone has locked in their safety thingy and when he checks mine he actually undoes it and so he pops it open but doesn't realize that's what he does. And then he goes, all good, and gives them the signal to start it. So I'm trying to lock it back in, but it won't lock anymore. So it's just like, just not doing anything. So I'm like, 
wait, wait. And my buddy Josh is also like, hey, hold on. This is that. And the, but they didn't they didn't hear us or didn't care because they are also teenagers. And so we start the ride and I can't buckle myself into this cart. This is and we're, my nightmare. We're going up the hill and we're freaking out. I can't get this is, thing to lock in. Is it a two-seater? We were both in this situation. Yeah, yeah. So, well, his locked in. So it is a two-seater, but he, he has one. He has his own harness thing okay. that's keeping him in. Only I'm the this one in like danger. This is like the thigh one, right? So yeah, it goes over your thighs and lap. Yeah. And so we're frantically trying to get up there. Josh is actually like starting to splay himself as best he can over me in case I can't get what it locked in. So I don't fall off on the first drop. Luckily, the first drop's pretty tall. So we have like a while to try. And then thankfully, maybe like two, um, maybe like two thirds of the way up there, I finally get it to click in. <laughs> but he's still got an arm over me the whole time in case it popped back open. Yeah. At the right I got you. I'm and saving, saving one of those life. things where we're, we should have said like complained, right? We should have like gone to someone and be like, I almost died on the beast, but we were 16 shell shocked and freaked out. We just left. We just went home. <laughs> That's me. Except that actually we, didn't happen. It we just didn't feels know, like it did. We didn't know what to do. So we just like went home and we, that was like the second thing we did. <laughs> did you feel like you were going to fall at any time? I guess that's the whole nature of a ride is it's supposed to feel like that. Yeah. Oh, I had never had something like unclamp like that before. And that yeah. was, I, you know, I didn't ride the beast again for, I mean, I did ride it again, but it was like, you know, 10 years later, probably I rode it again. Um, cause no one else fell out of it. So I'm like, well, they must've fixed it. <laughs> that's so funny. Cause that's the <laughs> argument I had with Jimmy that day at one point, you know, cause I'm kind of being what they call a hater. I'm, I'm sipping the haterade. All, I'm, I'm sipping the haterade all day. You know, uh, I, I go on like six or seven roller coasters and then I snap and they're like, let's ride this one now. And I'm like, I'm not. And they're, but it like the thing that made me mad. Cause I have a temper, you know that about me, but it was mm-hmm. like, I just want to sit here and eat some fucking dipping dots or something. Like I want to be supportive of the you guys. ice cream of the future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they're like, no, no, you got to. And like, so they're, they're pressuring me, you know? Yeah. And then I snap. And then Jimmy, yeah, exactly. Like you ride the fucking ride. I'm not going to, I'm going to sit here and, and stare at these fucking, I don't know where their parents are, but I, I don't know what's going on, you know? And then, <laughs> and then Jimmy said something. Who's like, f- is Jimmy? <laughs> he was like, it's perfectly safe. And I'm like, no, it's not. Cause you know, who's making sure all of the safety procedures are being followed. Teenagers, a, a minimum wage stoned out of his fucking mind. Teenager. <laughs> That is between that stands between me and a gruesome death mm-hmm. or even worse maiming. Yeah. You know, like there's a girl at that theme park whose legs were cut off by one of the roller coasters. That was a Kings Island thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Shit like this. Just it's rare, but it like I have bad luck. It's going to be me, <laughs> you know, so yes. I'm with you, man. You kind of speak to a thing where I feel like all amusement parks have a sense of danger to them. You know, I don't know if there's a theme park in the world that hasn't had someone get maimed or killed in them. Right. It's just a matter of I I think with this specific park, the action park in New Jersey, there was just there was a frequency issue of people dying. But also effort at all. Also, everyone who went there supposedly got injured. Like there's a clip from I think it's like it's from uh, is it from Kimmel? Yeah, there Jimmy Kimmel goes on there briefly. Um, and, and he's like, everyone in my family got injured at Action Park. <laughs> well, he, that's what Gethard says. Like when you go back to school in the fall, everybody's got bandages and scars and stuff. And you would just assume it came from Action Park. 
Um, and then sometimes they'd be like, no, I fell off, you know, I was skiing. And it's like, oh, you just assumed it was Action Park first. And they had that like weird alcohol iodine spray that was so yeah. painful <laughs> that you get a prize for staying in the circle, uh, <laughs> which only two people did. And they only got a pen. Uh, my favorite story is when Gene Mulvihill came up with the idea to use a fake cattle prod on people that didn't have tickets. <laughs> so he staged a killing of a guy with no ticket to let the rumor get around not to sneak in. Yeah. Um, and it was actually like in the news for that, like for killing a kid. Uh, and that's the thing. Like the whole park was run essentially by teenagers. So this is like a slap like this needs to be made into a fictional movie i would love to yeah. see this movie yeah, what um, was what was that movie with like ryan reynolds and adventureland great it, movie it could be like a that it, that mixed with like um, jackass <laughs> jack and maybe even like a horror aspect because like you could oh, make true. him you could make the gene guy not a good person mm -hmm. uh and people dying and stuff right like it could be gory and like a, a, it could be a good horror comedy um that's what I would do. Nobody's listening to me. I'm just a guy. He's you know? just a guy. Hollywood call me. I'm open. Um, what what ride scared you the most? Like of all the rides they highlighted, which is the one that you're because you're already scared of roller coasters and rides. What was the one that you were like, hell to the no on that one? Alpine Hill, where you just have really the little sled. Yeah, because um, so I've been on like pretty extreme tubing rides over all across the country. I do like that a lot. And there's this thing that happens when you go around a corner. Like one I was on was built up like 30 or 40 feet on the ground on stilts for some reason. And, and I hated that because <laughs> you could just fly right out of it. Well, you're in the tube and then you go up the lip and you can look over down to like all the way down the ground. And, and it's oh, like, I guess. No, thank you. The engineer has designed this in such a way where no matter like you if, get the visual, but physically you can't fly out. Yes, I'm assuming, but that, but that hopefully I'm not a physicist, but that <laughs> was just Gene Mulvihill back from the dead. <laughs> that makes no sense to me because it's like, how do you know? Because like in my tube, there was three 200 pound guys. So there's 600 pounds in this tube. How is this just as safe as a tube that has 300 pounds in it? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, but I guess that they made they figured that out. And so my sense watching the Alpine slide is just like. It's one of those, except it's not safe. You will fly out. That sounds like hell, you know, because yeah. I don't like to fly out of things. And I grew up who does when I was a, a, a crazy teen. All of my friends were skateboarders and rollerbladers. And, and like we played, you know, we were all in bands. We hacky sacked. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> what, was, what was your record? What was your record? How many sacks? Did you count, man, we just. <laughs> Hack just a hack. You it were just, wasn't you were just the there for the game. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever hung out with skateboarders and shit, but they're crazy, Steve. Yeah. And so we would do this shit all the time. Like that's how I set my head on fire as a kid. Like we would just, we were like jackass kind of kids. Um, so back then I would have loved Alpine. Is that when you had long hair? It was. Until the, is that the, how you got short hair? The flames took it. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you don't have hair now? <laughs> no, I had long hair. After the flames, I regrew it and I refused to cut it. And it was like melted and shitty for uh, a year. My sophomore year, it was all melty and shitty. I just love the phrase. No, I had hair after the flames. Yeah, well, I got all like Targaryen <laughs> about it in my mind and I wanted to keep that phrase. Um, it's so, a hairdo only fire can tell. Like my favorite one was the one where they were just jumping off the cliff. And the guy said, uh, you know, it was supposed to be a place you could chill, but then somebody would land on you. Right. Oh, yeah. Because I don't have you ever been cliff jumping. I have. Yeah, that is very fun. Mm -hmm. It's scary as shit, but it's very fun. And I do think there's an element to this that some of the the people, the guests talk about or, or you know, hint at 
at life, sometimes you do have to do things that could kill you <laughs> in a sense that like the feeling you get from that, like the euphoria of having done it and made it. And I'm not condoning that, but I'm just saying like some of my favorite memories are like, no, I'm not fucking doing it, dude. And like your friends, which I guess is why my wife was pushing me for the roller coaster. Uh, but then she I, knows you so well, but then I jump or whatever we're doing and I get, I come up out of the water and like that, there's like, a, there's a moment where you're like, this is life. I have lived, you know, <laughs> you have lived, you have done it. You have proven yourself a man, but sometimes people get hurt and it sucks, you know? Um, so, cause we had to sneak, I don't know where you went cliff jumping. We had to sneak into the, it was a, a rock quarry that people would oh, mine. From. I went cliff jumping in Mexico. So they didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They're like the cliffs, a higher ones that way. Follow us. <laughs> and we used to actually hike down to this place. It was called Demosville. Um, it's a really high cliff. Dumbassville. Yes. It's in Kentucky. Oh, dumbassville. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners from Dumbassville. I'm sorry. Um, but there's like a, you have to like find it. My friends knew where it was and it was like a, a, a railroad track above a river and you would, it's really fucking high. I don't know how high 60 feet or something crazy. Like you have to jump properly or you will get hurt. Um, and I was kind of contemplating the edge of the cliff. My buddy sparked a joint and like, Hey, let's smoke this and think about it before we jump. That made it way worse. Right. Oh, Obviously. No. Um, but that was, <laughs> that's never been a good idea. Let's spark a joint and think about this. Once no I, matter what you're thinking about, <laughs> that's never a good idea. That's how I was raised, man. <laughs> Ponder this son. Um, <laughs> but it was so bizarre to jump. Cause when you jump due to gravity, it's over in, in, in half a second. But I'd never jumped before and then like had full ass thoughts and still been in the air. And that's how high it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> full ass thoughts. <laughs> but it was fun, man. It's exhilarating to live that way. And I think they captured some of that. You know, it made me because I'm in my 30s now and like I love my life. I love my wife, my kids. But there's like and this is the bane of everybody who ages like I'm. this is nothing new. It's just hitting me now because I'm finally there. But it's like, God, if I could be 20 again, like I was not doing the right shit at all. And I'm not talking about investing in Apple and all that stuff, which <laughs> but I would. Uh, but it's just like I was so mean to people and I was so selfish. And like if I could like stay up all night and then go to school the next day and go to college and like feel great still and. Oh, do anything. You know what I mean? Like that would be so now that I know how to live with that energy level and that body, uh, <laughs> that body, you know, when you're just hanging out with your Show friends the body. and you like legitimately don't have shit to do all week. Yeah. And you're just hang out playing video games all night and go see a movie and you go jump off a fucking cliff. And then like, you have know, full ass thoughts. Yeah. There's a bunch of dudes, a bunch of girls. <laughs> Everybody's so nice and free and, you know, like naively looking forward to the future. God, I'd like to be there again. <laughs> Sweet summer children. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making, I'm just babbling, but part no, of me that, thought that, of that watching this. That makes complete sense. Like, uh, and that's, I think what the success of this particular documentary is. Cause I mean, we, you and I have just kind of sat here and shared our sort of, theme park horror stories adjacent theme park horror mm -hmm. stories and those are always fun to talk to people about and that's basically what this documentary is it's like an hour and a half of people sharing mostly fun stories about their youth and how crazy it was and it's all very relatable like like the idea like that one point they're talking about how the employees would like had, like they would save all what was it all the money they found in the bottom of the pool or something mm -hmm. and then at the end of the summer, they would have like a huge like employee party where they would get trashed and 
they would sleep overnight and then wake up and go <laughs> lifeguard the pool. Like, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, dude, like it's like they're all banging each other and getting drunk and high. In and the like, fuck shack? Yeah. <laughs> like that's, I miss those days, you know? <laughs> those were fun times. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Every five years, I look back and I'm like, I don't even know that guy. I don't like that guy. My values have changed completely. And that's a good thing. That means I'm growing as a person. You know, I learn new things about myself all the time when I look back and things that used to be okay with me no longer are. I maybe want to want something completely different out of life. And therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or the why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you're at right now. And that can be a tough thing to find. I work in the mental health field, have for many years. And even then, looking for a therapist can be an exhausting process, especially dealing with all the ins and outs of insurance. And eventually you're just like, ah, just won't worry about it, right? But what BetterHelp does is it connects you online. It's all entirely online. You can shop through different therapists to, to try to meet your needs. And then you can switch therapists rather easily if you're not jiving with the one that you've got. And I personally have, this is, this is me getting real for a second. I've been trying to talk myself into securing a therapist for myself for a long time, like multiple years. I still, to this day, have not done it. I have no personal experience with therapy, except maybe you could call it group therapy with the 12 step stuff that I do, but I've got like severe anxiety, all kinds of shit going on. And I know that I need a therapist. And so I really like this sponsor, just connecting people easily right where they're at, right in their home with something that they probably desperately need. As a child, as a young person, as a kid, that is such a wild, crazy moment that we all cling to and adore. But as you get older and as adults and you see that happening, you're just like, this isn't smart. This is why people are getting hurt. This is why people are dying. And it... Yeah, it's like Chris Gethard said, like the fact that two people died in the wave pool is fucked a up. wave pool. Yeah. Right. Like, well, it's even that's weird, but like it's like the fact two. Yeah. Why is the right still exist? Yeah. <laughs> after the first one. Right. You know? um, the thing that gets me is the the person who got electrocuted in the kayak ride. Yeah, that was one of the saddest ones. Like that's the one where it's like, how in what world should there be a live wire because the, the reason why there was electrical wire and so it was like a little it was, it was a what, fan. It was supposed to be a lazy river or something, but they made or no, that was a different ride. But there was some type of like river and you would be on a kayak and they had like underwater fans to that simulate would, current. Yeah, that would simulate a current. And I guess well, there was the, a current, but one of the fans shorted out and like it was putting electricity in the water and somebody like fell out of their kayak and got too close to it and got electrocuted and got in a cardiac arrest because of it, which is awful. It's terrible. And it's like. Why do you put a fan in water? Why is there electricity in there? Especially I'll put in waters that would kill somebody. Hey, part of it was Eugene Mulvihill's like um, skirting of all re rules and regulations. Part of it was the era. You know, they talked about it being the Reagan era where it was kind of free and, and it's all about economics. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And yeah, so it was a, well, just the perfect storm of those ingredients because the park died in 1996 and it, it still exists as a water park. I forget what it's called. Mountain something. Mountain Creek Water Park. 
um, is still there in Jersey and Vernon Township, as far as I know. It's owned by a former employee now. Yep. That's what they said at the end of the, yeah, it was a guy that worked there. It's just like walking through, oh, I took so many people to the fuck shack. <laughs> he called me Dirty Mike. Can't give this place up. Best years of my life right here. Thanks for the F shack. I put a monument where the fuck shack was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I built a statue to Stacy. <laughs> and Pam and Marty. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I would often frequent Action Park. It was one of my favorite places I, to frequent. I can imagine you would have season passes to this place, but oh, just I to did. watch. I had the VIP passes. <laughs> I didn't have to wait in a goddamn line to get on Cannonball Run. Mm -mm. I just really, you know what? I didn't even ride the rides. All I did was I popped a chair, sat there, and just. Looked at all the children being mutilated. <laughs> they weren't fighting. They were having fun, which kind of put a damper on things for me. But how else are you going to spend a Tuesday? Sure. It's a good thing when the lab's closed for the summer, you know? Because <laughs> it's like a school, and I assume you're on sabbatical. Yeah, we're on school time. Because <laughs> it's mostly children. I'm really, yeah. They have to go back to their families. <laughs> the ones that don't work out. The ones that survive get to go back to their families. That's what happened to Sam. Mo, Marty B, don't you change one bit. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Well, he's dead now. Or he's still laying in the desert. That's uh, our that's our head cannon. Yeah, that's, he's still out there with a hole in his head. He, he zooms us from time to chest. time. Uh, so speaking of the Alpine slide, that was the one that kind of did that not scare you? We, we kind of veered off of that. But I mean, that's terrifying to me. It, it it didn't because I've ridden stuff like that before. Like, I think there's a thing very similar to this in uh, Gatlinburg, if I'm not mistaken. There's like a Dolly World. No, not Dolly World. Yeah, it's you like, ride her breasts. It's like a. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, honey. Get on. Get on. <laughs> um, tit slide. Uh, no, there's I, I forget what it's called, but it, like it's in old Gatlinburg and you take like a ski lift up to like this little resort that's on the top of the mountain, like Uberville or something. Mm, Oberville. I've taken the sky lift, but there's no slide up there. But there, there's like a, there's like a ski resort up there. There are some like indoor rides, but there was like an alpine slide type thing up there. And I remember riding that and not thinking it was like that scary. So when they had this up there, I was like, really? Well, I guess it just depends on how the the turns move. They move rough. And I love the idea how people would get on the lift to get that was up the one to with the, the first death. It was. Yeah. And, and this is the thing that like makes uh Mulva Hill like such a villain is the, the, the boy that Pat that died, he, his, the brakes on his thing weren't working. So he was going too fast. He, f he flew off the track and he like fell down and hit a bunch of rocks and he hit his head on a rock and ended up in a coma and died. And they didn't report the accident. And then when they got sued, they were like, hey, the ride works fine. He didn't die on the ride. The he rocks are the what rock. killed him. Yeah. It's like, okay, come on. You you sons of bitches. And he paid that family a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars because teenagers aren't worth the lawyer advised them teenagers aren't worth that much. Which is um, messed up. It's so messed up. Yes. And when uh the mother of the boy that the passway said like um, when Jean, when Jean died, her husband came home and like, honey, break out the finest rose. Jean Mulva, Mulva, I can't say his name right. Jean died. <laughs> yeah. and, and there and she's like, and we did. I'm like, yeah, queen toast that man. It's the death. only death I've ever celebrated. <laughs> well, I would hope it's not a frequent thing. Yeah. We do it every week. Yeah. Every Sunday we look at the obituaries and we snort some lines and 
Look, no. look at this, honey. John Lennon died. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Hey, but it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That first death occurred in 1980, I think, uh, which is Bananas. early on. And then the the wave death, the second wave death that they had talked about, that was in 1987. Um, and I was kind of putting things together because they, they told you these events out of order. So it's wild to me that, you know, people just keep dying, pe- keep getting sued, keep getting uh, news stories and, and nothing's ever really done about it. Um, and I, I understood like the 16 year olds riding their bikes or, or sneaking out of school and going unbeknownst to anyone to this park and going to the F shack and, you know, getting <laughs> getting messed up and going down the slides and jumping off the cliffs made sense to me because that's the kind of kid I was. What didn't make sense to me was like the families, you know what I mean? Like the parents brought that they're like their whole brood <laughs> yeah. to this. I, I guess they didn't know what was going on there. But like once you walk in, you look around, maybe I'm just not a product of the 80s, but I'd pray you could look around and go, nah. You know, maybe I would, but well, wasn't, uh, do you was need it, a can't fucking swim bracelet? You know, <laughs> oh, maybe this isn't the best place for my eight year old. Wasn't there a, like Chris Gethard had a story where like, I guess one of his friends in the neighborhood was having a birthday there and, but he was like a child of divorce. And so like, you can't not go for him, but his parents were like, Hey, be, uh, be careful, please, please be careful. If you're going to class action park yeah, or action park, I keep saying the movie. That's such title. a good title. It is a very great title. Um, <laughs> I just, oh man, I, I love, so Chris Gethard is like a highlight of this, mm-hmm. uh, documentary for me. Cause he is so funny in his descriptions of everything because he's able to like speak to why someone would find the park alluring or fun or why you would go. And he would immediately undercut it with how stupid it is to be there. And then he would immediately after saying how stupid it is to be there, go, I had such a good time. Like. He's such I even his description down to how so much of the park is hot black asphalt. And you if you didn't bring shoes, you were just fucked. <laughs> yes, that's like my memory of these kinds of places from being a kid too. like. That's another thing. And my mom would take me to a pool or something and then we'd be running across the parking lot with our wet bare feet and just like it's so hot. You can only put your foot down for like half a second. And just, I'm so pale and chubby. I'm, ow, ow, ow. Like, why did I leave the house? <laughs> I don't want to be it's here. It's like this every time. Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't think it's a bad thing that everything is safer and sanitized now. Like, I don't think our childhood no. today is is too bereft of danger to grow as, uh, you know, into as humans. But because that. If you take that logic all the way down, it's like, God, those lucky kids in the dark ages, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. You have to play with real swords by six. Like I guarantee when people who are who are teenagers now get to our age, they're going to have their version of things like, man, it's not like what it used to be. Kids these days have it so much easy. It's it's a tale as old as time. Every generation looks at the next generation with some t- type of mixture of disdain um, anger or just yeah. like, man, if only they grew up when I did, cause I grew up at the perfect time. We used to have to tell Siri to Google things. We didn't just think the thought into our implant. Exactly. Kids these days. <laughs> cause kids today are dealing with their own crazy fun to them. It might be in a digital space, but that's, that's their adventure. That's their fun. They're dealing with the 
awful ramifications and unsafe things that are happening today because of that, that we as a society have not yet rectified. And there'll be a documentary in 20 or 30 years from now saying like about class action, TikTok or something, you know what Mm, I mean? Like right now. (laughs) Yeah. That's life, baby. Watching Congress. Well, I actually had a, I had a professor ruin theme parks for me even more in college. Um, cause I already knew I didn't really like them, but it, it wasn't like what happened last year when I found out for sure as an adult, that's my body's not willing to enjoy them. But, um, he was talking about the, their existence philosophically and the fact that it's so strange, um, that our lives are so stable as a, as a species, right? Um, we're not running from saber toothed tigers or having to hunt our meals or like, there's really no impetus to raise your adrenaline to that level anymore. And so we manufacture it. Uh, we go to a theme park where we trick our bodies into thinking we're in a life threatening situation for fun. Like that's how bored we are as a society that we just like, God, I wish I felt like I was dying. Uh, and so that's what theme parks are. Yeah, we all know the real way to get your blood pumping is you go to the island where you hunt people. <laughs> exactly. If you, if you can afford it, <laughs> that's the problem. It, yeah. <laughs> as tickets are steep and they're always booked. But the until only time then, I could get there was as a participant. <laughs> and I'm not fast enough. But until you get there, we always have Disney World. But he was saying, like, you know, the, you actually take, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm not a fucking scientist, but what our professor, my professor said, he, he was a psychologist, um, is that it's actually doing damage to your body. Uh, like they're, it's taking years off your life. Like when your, uh, stress levels are raised to that, you know, it's bad for your heart. It's bad. I don't know if this is true or not, but that's what he was saying. Like, um, and so all I need with my, uh, hypochondria is just the tiniest little bit of something like that to run with it, you know? So that makes the, 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 the roller coaster is even more uncomfortable for me. Cause I'm like, Hey man, it's not good for my heart. Yeah. This ain't good. No, thank you. It's cortisol levels. Rising. I will not be getting on the teacup ride. Thank you very the much. The last roller coaster I went on, I was cussing Jimmy the whole time because it was that one where you're facing each other. Face off? And you, yeah, you go through. Well, it's not called that anymore, but it, oh, was, yeah. it was originally based on that movie, but now it's called something else. But um, yeah, you're, yeah, you're like. Two people are facing two people. So sometimes you're going backwards, sometimes you're yeah, not. Yep. And you're going upside down and stuff and every which way, but half of it's backwards and half I love of it's that facing ride. your friend. And then your feet are dangling. Yeah. Uh, so this was the one that like I had already skipped two of the rides and then they he was like, come on, man, you know, and I was just so terrified because it's a dangler of all things. I'm feeling less secure than you ever. You like the dangles? I don't like the dangles. And I'm and like, I'm looking right at him. And the whole time he said, is this what you wanted? <laughs> Look what you've done. Oh, this is so fun. Fuck you. Just screaming. Uh, <laughs> You're trying to spit. Hopefully, hopefully hoping it gets to him. <laughs> Cause it feels like I'm about to die. You love that ride. Actually, that is one of my favorite rides at Kings Island. That I- whole thing. So when they, they crank you up and I had the shitty seat. So it's like, you can't see it if you're not watching the YouTube, but you're at this angle and they crank you up facing down to start the ride. Yeah, because you go through the ride and then you like you come back through it again. And your whole and you're like, hundred, I don't know if it's hundreds, I think over 100 feet in the air at this point. Right. It's not a super tall coaster, but it's probably but they back you off the property. And it's like it feels like it's far. Yeah. And what, so what's holding you is that chest piece because you're sitting on like a bicycle seat with your feet dangling. <laughs> But at that angle, what's holding you is this all your body weight on this chest piece that some 16 year old locked into place. 
And so, and you have to wait for the, so that's the worst part for me is always waiting for the ride to go. Like when you get to the apex of the hill or whatever. So I'm just sitting there staring at him. Like (laughs) I hate that man. Like I don't trust the technology. So I'm like using every ounce of my strength to actually hold it there, even though that's not necessary. So I'm just an anxious person now. It's like even on regular roller coasters, I'm holding the thigh lock well, yeah, thing th- down. Th- those things can pop open as as we discovered when I rode the beast. Yeah. So your experience is like in my head every single time. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. And I just proved to you it can happen. And I'm not it might not even be physically possible to fall out of a cart on a loop like like centrifugal force. Why? I have no idea. But it, I feel like it is. I, I think it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how many. It's definitely not ideal. I don't know how many G's you got to be going. Um, yeah. 10. 10 G's. <laughs> anyway. So uh, I also wanted to kind of bring up. Um, there's a, there, the thing that grossed me out the most in this documentary was when they were talking about motor park. Mm. And so they had like these gross go-karts to spew it out gas and they could like jerry rig them so they can go over like 70 miles per hour on the highway and the employees would go take them out but then they had these like motor boats that were in a uh, like a, <laughs> like a lake that was infested <laughs> with snakes and also like would kill fish constantly because they were always leaking oil so it was this gross putrid disgusting lake. Well, even the wave pool they said that they had to get everybody out to check for bodies yeah um and it was hard to see because of all the human waste, blood, uh, muddy runoff from a nearby hillside. and Other bodies they missed. And something else. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get through all the bodies to see if there's any bodies. The detritus. That's gross. Yeah. Do you like a wave pool? I like waves. I don't like wave pools. I'm, I'm the same. I think if I was in a wave pool. That one looked fun. Just me. I'd be into it. That's another thing. I'm not a scientist. They said in that, in that documentary, it's like. Not like the ocean because that's salt water, so it's not as buoyant. So bo- I, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, salt water. Oh, that's why. Uh, like in Stranger Things, they make the um, they put the salt in the bathtub yeah. so she can float. Yeah, so it makes oh. you more buoyant. Um, I never fucking thought of that, bro. But, but but also they're like pumping out like ridiculously large wave, like twenty foot waves in this Do wave it. pool. Do it. Um, that isn't as buoyant so of course people are gonna get sucked under and drown and all that stuff yeah, some of and there's also like cr- they crowded with like 500 people in this yeah pool. you said shoulder to shoulder and some people were in the death zone yeah that, that, not to be confused with a, i'm sure another roller coaster name the death zone <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like wave pools are weird for me like i i like the concept of them but it's the fact that there are like so many other people in there with you that freak me out because yeah not trust other people Mm -mm. i like waves i like like pool and it's like oh yeah jumping up at the wave get away from me stranger yeah get away from me i'd never really done that i'm not a if you can't tell from this tirade i've gone on i'm not an outdoorsy person uh, but i've done some things and an indoor cat my wife (laughs) (laughs) when my wife and i went to hawaii um I went body surfing for really the first time and she, she swims like a fish she looks like a, a mermaid. It's amazing to watch. And I was like, she showed me like when you would, she would jump at the crest of this wave and she would ride that motherfucker like shaped like a swan the whole time, <laughs> like 20 feet all the way to the beach. You know what I mean? And that was so, and we went, we found this nude beach um, and we were just body surfing the whole time. Free as a bird. You know, <laughs> that was the the most fun I've ever had outside ever in my life. I mean, it just if you've never been in the ocean naked, Steve, 
you got to do it. I am barely in the ocean with a, without a t-shirt you on. So. <laughs> you talk about buoyant. <laughs> oh my God. That was amazing. But yeah, so I love waves, but I hate wave pools. It just, the only ones I've ever been in, it just kind of feels like meh. Cool. Meh. We. Well, uh, we, I do have a little bit of a different thing for us today. And that is, uh, I asked for questions about this movie on discord, Ooh. uh, which you could be become a part of. If you go on the stri- uh, patreon.com slash streaming things and get mm-hmm. the appropriate tier. Uh, we got a couple questions from one. We got, yeah, we got a couple questions from one listener, uh, from rabbit dog in a Barbie car. They write, uh, would any of you attend the park as it was? Follow up. Is there any ride you would not have felt safe riding? I think we might have covered that second part, but would you have gone to this park, Chris? You, you, you don't like roller coasters. You don't like rides, but would you have gone to action park? If I was 16 and my buddy came up and he had a backpack full of warm Milwaukee's best cans of beer. Ew. And a, and a, and a warm. Yeah. And an eighth sack of some marijuana and, and peer pressured me into going because there was a couple ladies that were coming and then because they were there, I would have ridden everything first <laughs> and said, yeah, and just acted like I wasn't scared. Um, yes. But like now or no, no. Does that make sense? So would you go to the current incarnation of it? The mountain Creek? I don't know. I don't want to go. I don't even like the zoo. I don't like the aquarium. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but the aquarium's inside. I don't like any of that. <laughs> uh, I would. I would have gone. I definitely would have gone when I was younger just because I dude, I, there are so many dumb things I did as a teenager specifically just to kind of like, Oh, I did a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything in my life was just so I could say I did it. I hated it during, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, I think I might've mentioned it briefly at some point on the podcast, but like when I was younger, I was the kid that people would dare to do shit. Me and, too. And I would like, I was the crash test. And dummy. I was like, you give me a quarter, I'll do it. And, <laughs> and like, I wouldn't do it for free. Like you had to pay me. And I was the same way, but that was weed. I was talking about yeah. <laughs> I need a quarter. <laughs> um, but I remember like, like during track practice, they would be like, Hey, go up on the, you know, the six foot tall, whatever the fuck it was, the the concrete barrier, and then do like a front flip onto the ground off of it. And I would you know, just do stupid shit like that. And, uh, so of course I would go to action park and like do the Tarzan thing, the Tarzan swing and all that stuff. I would, I would a hundred percent have done that. Would I do it now? Probably. <laughs> I probably would, at least for the people watching. I mean, the, the Tarzan swing alone, they talked about how people would like pull their shorts down and flash people and all that. And then like they would just get heckled if you didn't dive into it properly. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> pussy. <big> pussy. <laughs> you did it. You did that terribly. Like you had a new Jersey. That might be fun just to put up a, a lawn chair and just watch happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rabbit Dog continues. Or I'm sorry. Did you want to answer a ride you would not have done? I just want to back up a little bit and say, wherever there are people who frequently drop trowel and flash their balls, (laughs) you are excited to pull up a lawn chair and watch. Is that what you said? I mean, (laughs) I stand by what I said. Yeah. Great people watching. Let's keep going. I would would bring like uh, little scorecards like I was in the Olympics, like (laughs) 6.9. Nice. 7.8. I like that. And they're like, I haven't. (laughs) Thank you. And they'll be like, I haven't jumped yet. I'm like, I saw your junk. That's what I'm rating. I'm not (laughs) rating the jump. I haven't jumped yet. Junk to jump. All right. Uh, But is is there a ride you would not feel safe at all? None of them. None Uh, of them. What? Okay. A harder question. Is there a ride you would have ridden? Like I said, if I. 
given a couple of people I had crushes on and a little bit of booze, all of them. But I like the, uh, the one that shot tennis balls, those tanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, those look fun. That seems fun. Were people like lighting the tennis balls on fire? And that's what, what do you think happened to my hair? It was that kind of <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. And I, I, I like that one a lot. I like the idea of that. Um, the go, I've had some good fun on go-karts, but I've never had one. I've been on some serious ones before that go like 40, 50 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And that was even like top, like the, the rumbling of it is like pretty painful to your forearms after a few, like you got to, oh, yeah. it's a lot yeah. to keep those tiny things in control when they go that fast. So I can't imagine being like going 70 and one, like that would feel crazy. Absolutely. And I do like cliff jumping as long as no one's beneath me Yeah, I would or do, jumps on my head. I would definitely do the cliff jumping and like Tarzan swing. I think I, the Tarzan swing, cause it goes into like a, an actual like natural, uh, all the spring, water, that was cold spring water, that was cold water, yeah. cold and people, could go into shock from it. That's no joke, man. Like I remember I did a, uh, I did the tough mudder run uh, a couple years ago. And one of the obstacles was they had like a, a shipping container that was empty and they filled it up with just pure ice water and you had to dive into it and swim to the other side and get out. I've never felt pain like that in my life. Like you just think like, Oh, it's going to be cold. Right. Yeah. But then when you get out of it, like literally like my, balls hurt <laughs> it, like we literally like got out of that and just laid down on the ground for a solid five and it's like ah why <laughs> it didn't make you feel better like people do those ice baths athletes no it was awful yeah it was painful all the people on the tiktok do that every day in the morning oh man they, their balls must hurt every day in the morning <laughs> it's better than coffee <laughs> uh and then uh rabbit dog from discord also continues not a question but a statement I have done the Alpine slide in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh, yeah, I was just talking about that as a child, and it did terrify me. Multiple members of my party came away with skin burns. I feel like a full throttle type person, but I was going so slow with my brake on so hard that I almost got crashed into by the people behind me. Yeah, Mm. I'm glad there are brakes, except for the guy that died because this didn't work. Um, Well, yeah, because people would go on the lift. And you had to carry your little cart with you up the lift and yeah. then they would like dive bomb people with them. Like they would drop them off the lift and try to hit people that no wonder those things are broken. They just kept getting dropped from above. People are dude, you eighties kids from Jay Z. I'm sad. Kevin Smith wasn't on this documentary though. I actually parts fucking great, man. Yeah, yeah. I assume he was the type of kid. Like I was, he probably just didn't even go, but he's from Jersey. So I was thinking about that the whole time. Like, damn, but I bet Jay Muse was there. Oh, he was there all the time. Yeah, he was he, in the fuck shack. Yeah, I was going to say, he just stayed in the fuck shack, <laughs> raiding people's stances and stuff. Oh, for sure. Spread your feet. Yeah, but those are all the questions we got from Discord. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, for all the films that you nominated. There's some big ones coming up, some of my all-time favorites. And and Kiki, thank you for uh, forcing me to watch this again because I'd forgotten a lot of the good moments from it. it is a, it's a very entertaining documentary, and I need to watch more documentaries. Absolutely. The next chosen film we're going to be doing next week, right, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be none other than, I think, a movie you love, Train to Busan. Yes. The zombie movie. I've seen this like 20 times, but it's been a year and a half or so. I've never seen it. And it, has, it hasn't been out that long. I just, I love it. And uh, I own the uh, 4K Steel book. I think it's 4K. It's definitely a steel book. So I'm excited. I haven't even opened it yet. So yay. 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 Uh, there's a sequel called Peninsula that's not as good, but if you're just like a zombie fan, I do recommend it. It is fun. 
Awesome, Mike. I'm looking forward to see it. That one was uh, nominated so by Jordan Esk. I've never seen Train of Busan, oh. no. Thank you, Jordan Esk. Thank you, Casey. They're, the, they're the same person. Just people are like, just in case people are like, who's Casey? Yeah, I feel like they're I'm close enough with Casey now that like call her Jordan Esk. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> that's not her name. No, you know it's what I mean? Casey. It's Casey. It's like that song. That's not my name. That's not my name. Yeah. They call me Jordan Esk. It doesn't fit. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who listened and yeah. uh, look forward to this. We're going to be knocking out uh, again, at least one, maybe two of these each week. We got Train to Busan next. And then what's the, the Matrix is coming up quick. Uh, isn't it? Train to Busan, then Grind. Grind. Jake's, yeah. Jake's going to be so happy. <laughs> I actually have never seen that. So those are the next two. We might even be able to do both of them next week, Steve. I'm just yeah, not you, sure yet. Do you want to hear a, a, a handful of what we got going? I, I would love to. We got Grind, Tombstone, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Silence of the Lambs, Barbara Stark and Avisa Del Mar, uh, The Outfit, Fifth Element, John Wick, Pokemon the Move, the first movie. <laughs> oh, God, yes. A Scream. We have uh, 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 Night at the Opera. We got a bunch of stuff. I'm really excited about a lot of those. Yeah. That's going to be fun. See. So that's all the next couple of months. Uh, look forward to that during our Yellow Jackets coverage. We don't know what our big tentpole thing is going to be after Yellow Jackets, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, so we'll have to figure that out, of course. But yeah. as always, just be kind to each other. And thank you for tuning in. That's all the time we have for right now. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Sniper Tone here, and I've been instructed by the boys via radio to read you the brand new patrons in the month of March. These are people who have an extra set of mirth in their hearts, and they are truly the last line of defense between streaming things and a total economic collapse. So in the Try Before Deny section, I want to thank Luke and Sarah, Conrad and Trey Barrera. In the Marty B VIP section, we're we're thanking Tamara. Oh, old Tony's gonna mispronounce this one, that's for sure. Jeer Latanowitz. Oh, I mispronounced that just like I misfire my rifle. Brianna Bernard, we thank you. Elizabeth Palmer, Josh Stitch, and John Ricker. Oh, thank you all so much. In the chocolate pudding producer sections, we have Lair Gillis. Maha Axholt. I probably missed that one too. Uh, thank you to Jordan C., Kelly Shartner, Natalie Cleland, Sonny. Oh, it has not been sunny here in quite some time. Thank you to Wayne Yopst. Oh, I think the world has passed Tony by. Tony does not know what that word is. Yopst. Uh, thank you to Shotzi, Brock Borick, Alicia Takahashi, Gabe Quentin Vassa. Teresha Schwimmer, and Rob Westendorf. And last but not least, we have our friends don't lie to thank. Those friends are Taj Allah and Melissa Worcester. You know what old Tone used to shoot a war, a, win, a Worcester back in his day? Or was it a Winchester? I don't know. I'm Sniper Tone and my mind is frail. I got to get back to protecting Kansas City. What? It's already on fire. Oh, Tony, you done it again.